0: You're listening to Steve Dace on demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace,
1: the Steve Dace Show. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. If you'd like to join us, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show at least while you still can. We are live on the blaze as the Great Purge is taking place on Twitter as they make their way up the food chain. Uh, we are live on the blaze on demand at CRTV coming up a little bit later on today's show. What the hell's happened to Ben Sass? Does anybody know? What, what is he doing?
0: Do you know? Do you know? I think what Ben Sass has always been doing.
1: Okay. Because I, 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 I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if he wants to be a senator. I don't know if he wants to be the next pearl-clutching managing editor at the Weekly Standard. Yeah, that's what I was going to go yeah, with. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not really sure what he wants to do, but he's kind of sending me the vibe of the guy who will hold their tunics while they're stoning us mm. and will feel real bad about it yeah. and will say, this, this, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. But you brought it on yourselves. Don't you kind of... I don't know. We're, we'll talk about that a little bit later on with a guest who actually knows him a little bit our friend Bob Vander Plaats will join us and then next hour I'm going to save you two years of time anguish, frustrating commercials, ads polls, skewed or otherwise I'm going to save you all of that time and I'm going to do my 2020 presidential election analysis today I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now and i'm pretty confident i'm right okay i'm gonna lay that out next hour and then i'm gonna let todd and aaron uh push back with questions comments and insults after that so to be clear thanksgiving is clearly over then (laughs) (laughs) this is payback to you for refusing to let me celebrate christmas until thanksgiving was over how you like them apples right all right But first, we begin with a lot's gone down. We've been gone for five days. So here's what happened while we were away.
2: What's up with all those black men who voted for the Republican in the Georgia governor's race? Welcome to what happened while we were away where zany hijinks will ensue. So when you do the new carriers, as we do and as we're thinking about doing, would you go with steam or would you go with electromagnetic? Because steam is very reliable. And the electromagnetic—I mean, unfortunately, you have to be Albert Einstein to really work it properly. What would you do? Uh, yes, sir. You sort of have to be Albert Einstein to run the nuclear uh, power plants that we have here as well. But, but we're doing that uh, very well. The—I um, the, would go, sir, and Mr. President. I would go uh, electromagnetic cast. I okay. Think good. Okay. Go. Uh, We do pay a heavy cost for transiting the steam around the uh, the ship. Good. Okay. I like to hear that. I'm actually happy about that answer because at least, uh, you know, they're doing what they're doing. But that's actually a very good answer. Maybe Trump should get on the phone with the military and send the military back to the border. Yesterday, hordes of illegal aliens stormed across the U.S.-Mexico border near Tijuana. According to the Customs and Border Patrol Agency, tear gas had to be used since several illegals were throwing projectiles at border patrol agents. Just another day that ends in Y in a land with no borders. Tensions are heightening in Ukraine as Russia yesterday blocked and seized Ukrainian gunships in the Kerch Strait. Ukraine will vote on whether or not to declare martial law in the area today. Why straight men hate astrology so much. Twitter just banned another conservative pundit. Iraq war vet and former congressional candidate Jesse Kelly says he was banned for literally no reason. The email he received notifying him of his banishment didn't say what rules he had broken. Feminist Megan Murphy was also suspended for saying men are men and women are women. Also, Twitter just updated its terms of service to include prohibition of deadnaming, i.e. calling Bruce Jenner Bruce Jenner. Let's check in on Louis Farrakhan. Call me an anti-Semite stop it i'm anti-termite so maybe it's time to get off that infernal website after all repeat after me taxation is better than philanthropy john Kasich, ladies and gentlemen you did run for president last time around you ran for it back in, in 1999 as well how seriously are you thinking about taking it on this time very seriously i'm considering it george uh, These are earnest conversations that go on uh, virtually every day. Men with muscles and money are more attractive to straight women and gay men, showing gender roles aren't progressing. Trump criticized the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals the other day, which prompted Chief Justice John Roberts to write a strongly worded essay extolling the virtues of an independent judiciary, which prompted then... This tweet from Chuck Schumer. I don't agree very often with Chief Justice Roberts, especially in his partisan decisions, which seem highly political. But I'm thankful today that he almost alone among Republicans stood up to President Trump and for an independent judiciary. And that's what happened while we were away in two minutes or less.
1: I don't know, guys, that we're going to be able to wait until january 2nd 2019 we come back after our christmas break to launch the uh calling calling bs theme of the year because there was there was feces overflowage in that rundown
0: i'm fine with speeding i think our worldview year may have not taken (laughs) just we tried
2: The year of the worldview was an astounding success. (laughs) Um, That call.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, You got to be Albert Einstein. Uh, Sir, we kind of are.
1: (laughs) Does, Does anybody know what that was? I don't think Trump knows what that was. Are, are, are we building the Pacific Railroad? Was that Ulysses Grant? Making the call to the railroad? I gotta get some steam out there. Gotta open up Manifest Destiny. What's that? Gosh. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but you know what? Can we bookend it though? Sure. To, so it's that's where it starts. Well, but then this is the this is the the frustrating, you know, magnificent uh, bastage beauty of Donald Trump. He has the ultimate malaprompt on a live mic, acting, talking like he's President Grant to the Western Railway in 1874. And then he turns around and correctly hammers the Ninth Circuit Court. Everything he said was exactly right. And if I understand John Roberts' rebuttal, Donald Trump was calling out the Ninth Circuit for violating Supreme Court precedent. If I understand the Chief Justice of the land correctly, John Roberts is upset that Donald Trump wants the Ninth Circuit to acknowledge the Supreme Court, helmed by John Roberts, is supreme. Is, am I following this right? I think those documents. I mean, are I, I, I read everybody's connected. comments and I'm like, I, I believe John Roberts is ripping Trump for telling the Ninth Circuit to obey the edicts of John Roberts. Is that
2: what went down there? That was, this is just a, a classic case of that old uh, axiom or saying whatever the brain has declared that the brain is the most important organ in the body. <laughs> that's, just, that's all this was. This was just, I mean, hey, how, yeah. dare, how dare you stay in your lane, Mr. President? How that's dare basic. you
1: assert my supremacy? Yeah. I mean, what, that just goes to show you this, this is beyond reform. Yeah, you aren't, and it's gonna take more than good judges. The the system in and of itself is corrupt. The thing is so far gone, Chuck Schumer doesn't even understand his own scam. In a magnificent display of self-ownership, he tweets out condemnation for John Roberts' rulings while then ripping Trump for condemning lower court rulings this whole thing is convoluted it's banana Republic and we're beyond just we need better judges you need it you need to reform the 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 system it's not a justice system it's just a system uh it, it, it's it is it's banana Republic uh, it's oligarchial. it is arbitrary it's a joke and the president of the United States how colossally embarrassing. That phone conversation was is a 180 percent, 180 degree, I should say, the other direction exactly correct on what he said about the Ninth Circuit and the chief justice ought to be backing him up. Here's the irony of this is what I'm trying to say. Trump is actually accurately following the judicial system, the judicial supremacist claim they believe in. But they, but they don't uh, believe in this system. Yeah. They don't believe in stare decisis. They don't believe in precedent. They don't. It's the same scam as, the, as, as people on Twitter were saying over the weekend. Leftists were saying that, uh, that taxation is better than, than charity and philanthropy. They don't believe that. They don't believe that. We're just calling people on all BS from now on. All, all BS. All And I cannot emphasize all. If I end this year with one, this next year with one damn friend, I'm going to be disappointed. I didn't do my job. All BS will be
0: called. There's two people in this room with you. Which one of us has to go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have (laughs) trials. Look at us as a trinity, then. All right. That's kind of what we are here. (laughs) All right. You're okay with that? (laughs) (laughs) Let us call out all BS. Right? Who's the us? We're talking to ourselves. (laughs) All right? A little Genesis 1 uh, joke for you there. Uh, So, here's the thing. All BS will be called. We we are, this next year is going to be the christening scene in The Godfather 2 on a regular basis. Like, something nice and ceremonial will be happening over here. Here, it's just going to be mass assassinations. We're just, all family business is getting settled all over the place. So let's settle some family business right now. There isn't a single leftist in America who really believes that, who believes that taxation is superior to philanthropy and charity, not a one. Because here's how you would know. How many of them give more than they owe? You know, Warren Buffett says things like this. Think Warren Buffett has accountants that help him manage his tax lien, his tax bill think Warren Buffett keeps accountants around that, that um, have him pay more than he owes. think he does that, Tom.
0: I just assumed he had tiny little elves just giving it away in the streets. Yeah,
1: yeah. Nobody does that. Mike Huckabee used to tell a joke about how when he was governor of Arkansas, they added a box you could check on the state income tax form where you could check the box and volunteer to pay more. Would you like to know how many people did that? Come on, it's a low number. Like, really low. Would you like to guess? Zero. No one believes this. Anybody who says that isn't telling the truth. They either don't know what they, they're so far into the cult that they have lost, they've lost their damn minds, or they're lying to you because what they really are into is control and coercion. That's what they're really in. What they're really telling you is control and coercion is preferable than your individual autonomy. That's what they're really telling you. My control and the system that I'm a part of is control and, co- and ability to coerce you into doing what we want you to do is superior to your freedom and liberty. That's what they're really saying. No one really believes on their face. No one really does. And here's how you can tell if, you're, if you've got somebody who's just given you a social justice warrior talking point, because they, they, they saw, um, you know, um, uh, Karl Marx is my homeboy on Twitter – tweet this out and they thought, oh, that sounds so cool and tolerant. Just ask them, hey, pay more this uh, January. Pay more next month when, uh, when, when the tax bill comes in. Pay more. In fact, don't even wait. When you get your paycheck, this next pay period, and you look at what was held, take some of your net and send it back. don't want to be heartless, right? I mean, this is charitable. And you can, here's how you can also tell. In the Obama administration, we had more people on food stamps, record highs, We had more people on food stamps than the total population of Spain. How come they didn't have press conferences in the Rose Garden celebrating all of the charity that the the people of the United States were so compassionate and doling out? Do you remember those? Did you ever get any press releases along those lines? I did not. No, because that's a complete and total bunk. No one believes that. No one really believes that. And neither do the judicial supremacists, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, really believe in the system they claim to be a part of. They've they've abandoned. That's why I don't even argue. People send me emails now all the time because I get why you do that. Because a lot of you are just being introduced to some of these arguments. So you're asking me questions about Marbury versus Madison and stuff. I don't usually respond. Why? Because they're irrelevant. Because the people that believe in 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 that really don't believe in that. We're, we are way past Marbury versus Madison. We're not, arguing, we're, not, we're not arguing judicial review. We left that behind in the Warren court. We're, we're arguing judicial supremacy. And that essentially means stare decisis. In other words, the preponderance of precedent interprets the law. None of that matters. What it is, is what I want to be the law is the law. What I want it to be. For any rationale, I want it to be. Anything I want, I do. And there's not a damn thing any of you can do about it. That's what the system is. Donald Trump was was telling the Ninth Circuit Court, you are violating the U.S. Supreme Court. The Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court sided with the people violating his own precedent. Why? Because how dare another branch claim it has any say in what we do here. We are supreme. As a, not as a court, as a body, as a branch. And we can make you do and tell you what to do, anything we want. Most of your lawyers, I don't care which law, 99% of the law schools they come out of haven't studied the constitution certifiably at all, but they've all been taught a court determines its own jurisdiction. They've all been taught that. And that's what you saw in that exchange between Trump and the chief justice. He doesn't even care about his own system. He cares about power. Power. Coercion. Control. Because he's a progressive. He's just a small P1. That's what all progressives care about, is control and coercion. Which is why, even when they side with us on the stuff we care about, notice they almost always do it from the wrong premise. Have you noticed that? They never ever actually assert, like in the master cake shop. They simply said to the, to the government of Colorado, you were just too mean to this guy. Come up with a way to make him do, compel him to do things that doesn't show you're just nasty to him. And sure, you can make him violate his conscience if you're nice about it all you want. They never rule based on the precedent we want. Even when they side with us, the precedent never is the constitution means what it says and the people are supreme. That's never how they decide. It's always from a premise that grants them control and coercion every single time. Something else that needs to be discussed, we're going to talk more about this on CRTV today, is what's happening with Twitter. Here's the thing. If you don't work in the media, you probably don't understand why this matters so much because less than 25% of Americans have a Twitter account. It's not like Facebook. All right? Over 80% of Americans have a Facebook account. And the vast majority of Americans who have one utilize it at least on some kind of a regular basis, weekly, monthly. Only less than than 25% of Americans have a Twitter account. And who knows amongst those Americans that do how many of them utilize it on a regular basis. Here's the problem though. Just like in 1905, 25% of Americans probably had a phone in their home. But the people that were... The decision makers in the culture did and the f- telephone replaced the uh the, the the you know the messenger horse guy and how we you know communicated ideas that's kind of what twitter has become most of the narratives that get established or created in today's infotainment culture originate with twitter it it, it it even though the vast majority of Americans are not on it, don't use it on a daily basis. Those who form opinions, and not, it's not just on the left. I mean, the Twitter is the President of the United States communication department, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's essentially. I me. Mean, he's a, he's he's the first president to ever really to be in, in modern times. Anyway, uh, I don't know what things were like in the you know prior to, you know, indoor plumbing, electricity, and mass media. But in the modern era, he's the only president to really be his own spokesman. What is the vehicle that provides him that opportunity? Twitter. Twitter gives him an opportunity to, to, to go around any false narrative, any fake narrative, get his own message out directly to millions of the American people all at once. And then most of what, look at what most of the liberal media reacts to from this White House. Where does that content, most of it, come from? Twitter? Does it come from his official statements? Does it come from press conferences? Where does most of their reaction to the day from the White House come from? From Twitter. And so we're looking at the number one, this has become the number one gathering place of the zeitgeist. We're we're seeing movie scripts changed, and movie movies recast based on what the Twitter mob set thinks. So even though the vast majority of Americans aren't on it, don't like it, don't care, the vast majority of Americans who are involved in making major decisions that impact all of your lives are on it, and are heavily influenced by it. Back in the '80s, we broke up Ma Bell for antitrust violations they were too big too dominant but they never decided who got a phone line based off of what you were going to say while on the line was heavily offensive like they never said to david duke when he was the grand wizard of the or robert bird for that matter when they were grand dragons of the kkk because you're racist you can't have a phone number nobody would have ever thought of doing that Nobody would have ever thought of saying to Larry Flint, because you pedal smut, you can't have a phone number. But Twitter is doing that. And they're not even, and they're and they're doing it very selectively. The guy who runs it isn't a moron. He's in the media all the time. He's well aware of the fact that Calypso Louis Farrakhan is on there dropping racist anti-American, anti-Semitic bombs with impunity while he eliminates all these people. And it was funny, I, I said on Friday, you can see now they're beginning to work their way up the food chain yep. when they banned Laura Loomer. And I don't know much about Laura Loomer. I know she doesn't think much about people like me. I've heard her go on tangents on Twitter about Christianity's foolish and dumb and won't save you and things of that nature. Um, I don't know much about her work I've heard her labeled alt-right. I don't really even know what that means anymore because everybody's alt-right now and nobody is. Uh, I mean, to to the, you know, to the new staff at CNN, everybody at, not at the weekly standard or four people at, at National Review are the alt-right now. Okay. So I don't know what that means. But. Alex Jones is a certified fraud crazy. They started at the bottom of the food chain. Now, they're, they worked their way up to Laura Loomer. Like and and I pointed out on Friday on Twitter, you can see they're starting to work their way up the food chain now. And then I get home after taking the family out to dinner and a movie after we watched Zoe Danch yesterday. And I get home and the news is Jesse Kelly. I mean, Jesse Kelly is a Ted Cruz guy. was originally an anti-Trump guy. And then kind of became, well, he's the only option we have other than Hillary, so I'll put up with it, guy. Served his country, as a Marine combat vet. I, I mean, I, I followed him on Twitter. I don't, I don't know what he could have said. I mean, there's a chasm between Alex Jones and Jesse Kelly, guys. Jesse Kelly's the guy now where a lot of us have to start asking if he's going to go, then a lot of us are going to go. So we're going to have a conversation today on our roundtable on CRTV. What's the proper conservative pushback to this? One of the most active, influential conservative Twitter accounts, Instapundit, shut his down in protest. Fox News has not tweeted on Twitter for three weeks since they allowed their platform to be used to out Tucker Carlson's private residence. Um, I mean, even... The, the Megan Murphy feminist, I want to make sure our audience understands who Megan Murphy is. I only discovered her the last few weeks. She is a hard left feminist, okay? This isn't like, who's the mom from uh, the staunch Catholic gal that used to be on Everybody Loves Lorraine, whom i am thinking of?
0: Right. Um, who I
1: didn't? Yeah, 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 thank you. Elizabeth Heaton is her name, right? P- Patricia. Patric- Patricia Heaton. You know? She identifies herself basically as... As a Christian feminist, I've heard her identify. No, no, no. This woman is an egalitarian third wave feminist, which is exactly why she's like, you're imposing the patriarchy on me by telling me men can now steal positions from women. I can't think of anything more anti-feminist than giving things women have long deserved to have that have been denied them and giving it to a guy because he puts on eyeliner and gets a boob job. She's, right. she's the one that's actually following her own egalitarian view to its logical end, and she's suspended. So, you know, conservatism isn't an ideology. It's an observational science. And observational sciences observe that certain things take priority. Okay? Um, You have a right to keep and bear arms, for example. But if you have documented in your past you have exhibited violent behavior, have you done something then that you've for, essentially forfeited that, right? You see where I'm going with this? Yes. Okay. And I think we, it's time to start having this conversation because we're, we're, we're now to the point now where we're beyond the canary in the coal mine now. As you like to say, quoting Lord of the Rings, this is where open war is upon you. Now, th- this is very clear. If Jesse Kelly's going to go, if left-wing feminists who are like, um, women have vaginas and men don't, but thank you, if they go, then, then there's no subtlety now. And you're, we're beyond Alex Jones kind of had it coming to him. This is now essentially the meeting place for the American zeitgeist and narrative is openly purging anything that will not line up with cultural Marxism now. And we need to have a conversation as conservatives about how to push back against that. We will today on CRTV. Uh, John Kasich, if I was Donald Trump's political director, I'd be on my knees right now begging him to run. Well, Steve, presidents who face primary challenges never win. And his dad was a mailman. Yeah, I, I think this is, this is different, though. Um, and the reason why I think it's different is because we've never had a president before whose personality played so well opposite another personality and so poorly when left to its own, okay? Like, when left to its own, you get moments like Trump on that phone, <laughs> okay? And you're just like, gosh, was that fingernails on a chalkboard or was, was that the president of the United States? But when he has a foil, oh, he is cash money, homie. And here's what John Kasich primary him does. He'll primary him from the left, and I mean from the way left, which will rally Trump's conservative base nationwide. And and it will allow Trump as well to dominate news cycles. When these Democratic candidates are going to be out there running for their open primary, they're going to struggle to get oxygen. You know, traditionally what we've seen is presidents kind of almost go away for five months when they're in power and the other parties having a primary. You know, that unless and, and usually they only make news when something bad happens because they're the incumbent, he's going to be out there. The best Trump is campaigning Trump. The worst Trump is governing Trump. When he gets to campaign, straw man, you know, uh, foil, he crushes people. And Kasich's going to give him the perfect foil for the system. Every thumbsucker you can imagine will come out of the woodwork. Trump will be able to rally his conservative base. And and the Democrats in their primary won't be able to suck all the oxygen out of the room. In fact, they'll be sucking for oxygen because he's going to be in the room. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, live on the blaze on demand at CRTV. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Now is the time aaron does a commercial cleverly uh disguised as a humble brag aaron
2: you know um i i can't deny that at all i'm just so much better at this no uh it it really is it's a cool product and i'm really good at shooting did i say that out loud i'm a really good shot i didn't say that out loud did i but you know black friday has come and gone it's cyber monday now And maybe you're still without a gift for that firearm lover in your life. And I know a lot of people listening and watching right now are lovers of the Second Amendment and lovers of guns. And that's where this product comes into play. If you don't want to go to the firing range and spend a whole lot of money on ammunition and costs for the firing range, I target pro is the solution for you you can be the coolest relative coolest friend and the best santa with iTarget Pro the product revolutionizing the dry fire training world utilizing your smartphone the proprietary app tracks caliber specific lasers which fit inside your firearm and will detect exactly where your shots are landing iTarget Pro is completely safe comes with your caliber specific laser target system and instructions so you can begin training immediately go to the letter itargetpro.com check out the video choose your caliber and download the app so you're ready when the system arrives right now get free shipping through the end of the year Free shipping through the end of the year. No, this is not just a Cyber Monday deal. Three free shipping right now through the end of the year. Plus, save an additional ten percent with offer code Steve when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. You can save money, save time, take your skill to the next level safely and effectively. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. Speaking of taking your game to the next level, your skill to the next level. I've been doing, using this for about a week. This is actually serious firing now. And I'm uh, because the last time I was I was really close because I was just getting getting it set up. I was I've been using it for uh, over a week now and I actually backed up about 10 paces. I don't know how many feet that is. 10 paces back from the the target. And I'm I'm actually improving. I'm not showing you the ones where I was not. See what I mean? Um, um, guys, I, the further
1: away, the better I am. The better,
2: fact. you know, I, what can I say, Steve? You know, I'm, I'm supposed to, what? Who's for, this a commercial truth, for, Aaron truth, or
1: iTarget Pro?
2: T- truth be told, that's our motto, right? <laughs> truth <laughs> be told, and I cannot, I must not tell lies. Any so, single Annie Oakley's out there. Uh, yeah, there you go. iTargetPro.com, use offer code to Steve, save uh, 10% on shipping now through the end of the year. Actually, free shipping, I should say. Free shipping through the end of the year.
1: Hey, while we're calling out BS... I was assured this migrant caravan was not an invasion, guys.
0: Don Lemon promised.
1: I mean, I was... So we're shutting down major metropolitan airports, closing parts of the border, and and beefing up border enforcement. And the cause of all these things is a mad rush by a force of non-citizens at a border of a sovereign country, traditionally, um, those characteristics Todd were described as a attack, an invasion. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's typically how we describe those things as an invasion. Anyway, let's move on. Um,
0: nothing xenophobe. to see there.
2: Xenophobe. Xenophobe. Yes.
1: Yeah. I just read I read. The when Don
0: Lemon says it's fake news, it means more than when Donald Trump says it. Yeah, yeah it's true. I just read the true dictionary. Story, bro.
1: Yeah. That's, how it, that's how it defines invasion, actually.
2: Yeah. Oh. You're, and you're a xenophobe, so okay. of course.
1: For reading the dictionary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. So, Ben Sass, what you doing? <laughs> best hook ever
0: <laughs> does anybody know he's just been sassing man
1: you know what you said you thought he was doing what he's always been doing yeah I do all right so let me start with you I'm gonna let you take the lead on this thing what do you believe he's always been doing
0: uh he's that that guy that everybody likes he and he is very likable uh that is just too cool for school he does he he i i think he really doesn't want to be in anybody's uh tribe but the pendulum swings so far the other way that he becomes um really of no use to anybody in the end i i think he like many people likes the sound of his own uh voice and I think he's re- he he's unique in the extent that I really don't think he cares about winning or losing there on any level in Washington DC. Uh, I think he has he's a man of genuine principles uh, uh, on some level, but I, I don't think he really cares about what can be done in Washington DC he has no, uh, no sense of pragmatism in that regard. So I, I, I think I actually think he we just got done talking about Kasich uh i think he i think he might primary trump i i i think he just thinks "Ah, it'll be kind of cool we'll just have a conversation um he 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 won't lose any sleep at night i think he he, he's um he's he's just gonna kind of dude and i mean this like not small d dude not big d dude like we use it on the show in terms of dude code violations uh and I, i this is always what he's done he he's He's he's, been, he's he, not really into messaging on any level. Now there's propaganda, and then there's messaging. Like I, I, I tweeted today. Like I just don't. What 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 is he? What hills are he? Is he willing to die on? How, does he care about even making that clear? He just kind of he's just kind of there at the buffet tasting, and he'll he'll go like what he said on the courts. Uh, how many weeks ago was that when he said that? It was during Kavanaugh, was mm-hmm. it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two so, months so, ago. So two months ago, yeah. yeah. But you know, is there a there there in terms of? Moving on beyond that, I so I, this is me doing stream of consciousness about him. But I think that's maybe the best way I can make. I think that's what he does. He's just there. He's going to do a stream of consciousness thing, and then I think he's going to run because he, th- he thinks that's the best way to do that. And if he wins, and eh, if he loses, and eh, just get on with his life.
2: I think he's the guy in Survivor who, like, I don't know, ten or whatever weeks into the series, you're like, why he's still here? I. Th- I don't know. Eight? I thought Todd's answer was going to be one hundred percent when you asked him. So you think you 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 think he's just doing the same thing he's always been doing? I thought Todd's answer was going to be, uh, and you know what is that? Uh, I don't know because I don't think Ben Sass knows what he's doing. This, but I, I, I assume we're. I mean, we're in the context of him talking about global warming mm-hmm. this weekend. I mean, wh- he lives in Nebraska. I mean. Th- if if he does primary it's going to be the same result as, as John Kasich but i don't think anybody really knows what ben sass is is doing because i don't think ben sass knows what he's doing and he's not it's clear he's not stupid but at the same time i think it's also clear that he just he's he's not really fully thinking things through uh, in terms of perception he's not really He's, there, there is an art to uh, being a politician, and he's just not very well versed in that art.
0: I think he's thought things through. I just think he's decided he doesn't want to do those things consciously. I, he doesn't what, want. See, what do you think he wants to do? I think he just wants to be Ben Sasse. Th- th- see, that's enough to him. Just be. Who I, is that? A guy who's a nice guy who likes to talk about things uh, in a way that's not too edgy but just edgy and i I mean you've you've been in politics so long you've you've met a lot of these kind of guys who who just want to have their cake and eat it too all
1: the time here's what i can tell you every time i've encountered someone i thought was on my side but i could never really figure out what motivated them or what their end game was They they weren't there's never been like there's never a time they, they huddle in secret for policy and then they come out with something better than you thought it was going to be. Has Can you remember that ever happening? It doesn't mean it'll never happen. Okay. But has it ever happened before? No. It might happen sometime in the future, but there's never been a time they've all huddled together down there under that Capitol dome in secret and, and came out with a policy and you thought, ah, oh, damn, this is actually better than I thought it was going to turn out to be. Likewise, it's possible Ben Sass might be the first, but there's never been anybody in my career I've encountered that when I thought they were on my side, but I couldn't understand what motivated them or what their end game was, ended up in the end being on my side. And I bring this up because I get a text from a buddy of mine over the weekend. Who's, who's really ticked at Sass. And it's because of the global warming comments that you referenced, Aaron. All right. And I want to show something to our audience. This is the most up to date now. This is Ben Sass's Liberty Score at Conservative Review. 94%. I right. believe I believe that's number two to only Mike Lee. Okay. 94%. And I then went and looked at his Twitter. I went back two weeks on his Twitter. And I found, I I would not know this guy was a senator. Like, I don't know why he's in this office. I don't know. Like, there's nothing about policy. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing.
2: He's at Memorial Stadium selling runzas.
1: Yes. I mean, I don't know why he's a senator. And there's only, the only two things I found that he has talked about politically in the last two weeks, which in today's, don't we talk all the time how we age in dog years, mm-hmm. how new cycles that we were melting down about 24 hours didn't seem like three months ago in two days, right? We talk about that all the time. So I think two weeks, two weeks wasn't fair 10 years ago, but in this environment, don't you think two weeks is a pretty good, given how fast well, sure. the cycle yeah. moves and evolves sure. and how much goes on is I want to be as fair as I can because I, I want to be wrong. Okay. But I got to tell you, like I wanted to be wrong about Pope Francis a year ago and I was telling you my spidey sense was tingling.
0: Mine's been tingling all along as well. My, my
1: spidey sense is, it, it's it's tingling right now. So is two weeks fair enough, do you think? Just tell yes, me before yes. I go there.
0: Is it fair enough? Oh, in the if extreme. it's not, tell me. In the extreme.
1: Okay, I, I think it's fair enough. I went back two weeks. You wouldn't know he's a senator. I, I don't know what he did for two weeks. And the only political opinion I saw him utter was that Trump could have chosen a better AG than Matt Whitaker. Oh. And then, with this going on, and with global warming, here's the thing, I I never see him address the concerns of conservatives. Ever. And I don't mean... I don't mean addressing them, even in the framework that we want or that is the is the dominant talking point. We violate the right, the, the conservative media talking points all the time, don't we? Yes. Okay, but but we are addressing the concerns conservatives have because we're conservatives. They may not line up with the partisan tribalistic talking points. Or the clickbaity, Trump's always the victim and he's always been wronged and he's never ever malaprompt and he's Cheeto Jesus. We don't line up with any of that crap. But on a given day, we're talking about many of the same things most of the other conservative shows are because we're conservatives predominantly talking to conservatives. We, we, don't, we, don't, we certainly don't talk about them the way most of the other conservative shows do, right? But are we largely talking about most of the same things? We're addressing the primary... Why? Because we understand you're our audience. And for you to remain our audience, as often as we can, we need to address your primary concerns. I don't know who he thinks his audience is. I don't know what game he thinks he's playing or if he's playing no game. And and so now we're going to have... This is like the coldest November of all time, it feels like, in the Midwest. We went out last night, to the fa- to, we took the family out to dinner and a movie. The wind here was howling so bad, it, it felt like mid-January, where even when you get inside, it takes yeah. an hour for you to warm back up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and now, we've got, we've got, in terms of, of media narrative and, and, and access to the culture, The number one platform in America cracking down on conservatives. Mr. Constitutionalist and Donald Trump doesn't understand the Constitution. Nothing to say about that. Nothing. But he wants to now speak up in the midst of the colder than a witch's nipple November in the Midwest. Let's talk global warming? Because, you know, this isn't even... Bill Crystal stuff. Crystal's never been a conservative. You know, crystals. If Crystal had been a senator, he'd not have a ninety-four percent liberty score, guys. That's better than Ted Cruz. So, I I don't. I don't understand what what the game is here. I don't even know what Occam's Razor says, because you could sit there and say this guy's all over the place, but then you listen to him talk. And you know, he's not unstable, you know, so I don't, I don't know what's happening here. But we are approaching a time and maybe are already there. I, I, I'm the last guy to push back on someone for not wanting to join the tribalism. We defy that here all the time. We already have, we've been on the air for 51 minutes. We've already defied the tribalism already. But ultimately, when does this guy ever, even let's forget conservatives, when does he address the concerns of his constituents?
2: Why would you want him to be a senator for you in Nebraska? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I. That's why I mentioned that from Nebraska. Who in the world cares about global warming in yes. Nebraska? Yes,
1: we talked last week about regardless of what's your view. Do you agree with Daniel Horowitz and Mark Levin that it's jailbreak, or do you agree with Mike Lee and and uh, uh, you, you know Freedom Works that this is prison reform? Regardless of which side you agree with. Go ask the average person who voted Republican in the first, on November the 6th and ask them, is this the issue you want Republicans to spend their last few hours in the majority tackling? How many would say yes? Zilch. Well, let me rephrase that. How many not getting a check from the Koch brothers would say yes? How many? I think now we know the answer is zilch. I needed to clarify that. Okay. So, if you're getting a check from the Koch brothers, answer, high. If you're not, which is 99.999% of us, the answer's zero, okay? Nobody not getting a check from the Koch brothers, regardless of what their position on this is, would rather have the Republicans spend time on this than making the tax cuts permanent, repeal, defending or, or, or defunding planned parity, right? Nobody would. Nobody would. Similarly... How many people forget their party? How many Democrats in Nebraska? Outside of those on the faculty at the University of Nebraska, I'm pretty familiar with the state. It's right next door. We go there a lot. I don't think there's too many people in Nebraska, R or D, who are thinking, you know, I kind of want the number one priority of my senator on November 26th to be global warming. Answer's freaking small, man. So we've gone from we're not even going to address the issues that matter to conservatives. We're not we're not, we're not even going to do that. We're not even going to address the the issues that
0: matter to my constituents now. What is he doing? Well, that makes perfect sense in this age as you've always talked about what's the primary idol of this age? It is the self. And you can ha- you can still have a ninety four percent conservative score, uh, with uh, but ultimately uh, not be a threat to progressivism and not being a. Th- is it- do you think he's going to be kicked off Twitter anytime soon? Even with that score, After, yeah, yeah. After we're gone, you betcha, well, he will. be. it's, it, it's going to take a while to get to that point. Yeah, that's right?
1: what, what's going to happen is once that once we're gone, all the we're not like those guys. Guys are it, we saw this over the weekend. Some left-wing platform, I've never even heard of it, All right, had some gay Republican operative, Tim Miller, as their never-Trump conservative. He dared utter a conservative opinion? Guess what they did to his ass? They ran his ass right off. The, they, they, they kicked him off their platform. So when they're done getting rid of us, yes, the Ben Sasses of the world are all gone as well. When they're done getting rid of the... The guys like us, the we're not like us guys, they're going next. I promise. All right, back with hour two here live on the blaze on demand at CRTV. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd. That's Aaron. For the first time, it is now safe for me to officially say this without fear of backlash. You're on my own set. Merry Christmas. Are we okay now?
0: Right there. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Is is it safe? Lego Christmas. Is it safe, Lawrence Olivier? (laughs)
1: 888-933-93 is the number. 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is the number or is the email address, I just gave you the number, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify later on, by the way, while you're there, if you could hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform, we would appreciate that. Leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Don't lie if you don't, but if you do, those five-star reviews, those subscription numbers, when they pile up, more people look at that and say, hey, this show looks like it's popular, let me give it a shot. So that's how you can help us help reach more people like you. You can also like us on Facebook when they're not retroactively banning me for something I wrote a year ago, and you can follow me on Twitter for now because they haven't made it, apparently, to my branch of the food chain yet, but I am confident that they will soon arrive at Steve Day Show. I like how Ben Shapiro was pushing back today, by the way. Have you guys seen what he's doing? Yeah, He's, he is, uh, he's publishing on his Twitter account actual excerpts
2: of uh, medical books. Taking screens or capturing pictures, taking pictures.
1: Yeah, so it's the actual screen cap of uh, medical books, science books on gender and sexuality, things of that nature, and just taking the pictures and putting them up on his Twitter account and saying, hey, do you get banned from Twitter now for quoting science textbooks? So, because his is a Twitter following that would hurt if they were to lose. That, that's one of the things we'll discuss in the roundtable today. What should be the conservative pushback to what is a clear now crackdown? We're beyond canary in the coal mine now. The purge is on. We will discuss that today at CRTV. So to punish Todd for um, the last few weeks of Bah Humbug, I am going to force him during the final hour of today's show, to discuss the topic he hates the most. The next election cycle. I do. You disdain this.
0: I do.
2: Instant replay or 2020?
1: That's a good question. Binary choice. Yes, binary choice. Which one do you hate the most?
0: I think instant replay. Wow. I do. I do. I hate... It's such a transparent fraud.
1: You know, I can kind of respect, though, the get-off-my-lawn aspect of, you know, the newfangled technologies, Technologically, you know.
0: It's not even—it's the, the poor use of the technology. I'm not afraid of technology. But this is like we said at the Dude Code. We are allowed to dig in deep. I mean, we have to respect one another on the thing we dig in deep, but that is yeah. just kind of—yeah, so. I'm yeah, there. I mean,
1: I, if, if you're willing to be a jackwagon on something— Yeah.
2: But you're going to hold to that to the to the last dying yeah. breath? I've decided that that is Props. Rudy Rudy for me. Um, I'm at the point where that that's you know what? I, that's instant I, replay.
1: I'm in. I am okay with that now. That Dang if it. if now you're going to double down and you're going to be like, "You know what, man? Yeah, I didn't get around to watching. I'm going to like it. Screw you." Okay? <laughs> I can I respect. There's some there is something dude about not being a joiner and I don't have to follow along and oh, you know I don't need to do that.
2: I was kind of hoping you'd be ticked off, but I'm still going to do this. So.
1: Now here's the thing though, and I love Matt we're buddies. But Matt's got like 17 of those, meaning Matt Walsh. You're only oh, allowed yeah. like one, okay? So Rudy's like your one, instant replays yours. You now can't come back and say the Beatles suck, Star Wars movies are bad, steak isn't that good, okay? You know what I'm saying? Does
2: this mean it, I have to give up the Year of the cat now?
1: Um, well, that should have happened. <laughs> 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 a, long t- a long time ago. Like you're, you're allowed your one curmudgeonly, I'm not joining. You're okay, dude. Yes. In yeah. fact, every dude should have that. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Just to just to show there's enough vinegar still in the urine, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yes. Okay, yeah. so every dude should have the one thing that's not bad, and and probably you should like, but just because, just because something needs to be the object of my angst, I'm going with that one. And you're not talking me out of it, so tough cookie. I respect that. There, there. Every every dude needs something to be unreasonably curmudgeonly about yours is instant replay Aaron's is Rudy Rudy yeah. they can't be Matt Walsh and have like 27 of these
2: okay <laughs> up to 27 now <laughs> <laughs> the fish
1: gets bigger every time I tell the story <laughs> all right so you can have like one I wonder what what's mine do you think that you guys do I I'm trying to think if I if I have one same difference is that my thing? You think I don't know. That's one that of that, that that, That's that not does not irritate me. That's not big enough. Yeah, enough. it's probably not curmudgeonly enough though. But I have to. Th- Here's the thing. I am so systemically curmudgeonly though. I don't know. Is there like one thing? Hmm. I have to think about that. Maybe am I curmudgeonly about being curmudgeonly? Mm. Now it's getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're. Maybe inception. we should now talk about the election. Now we're really sharing. Yeah. Now we're now we're being real. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 2020. Anyway, to the 2020 election. Yes. I knew you could make that sound good somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I think what is today? 26th? 26th. Okay. I, I think today, November 26th, almost two full years. Before the 2020 election takes place, I think I can tell you right now what's going to happen. And Aaron, I want you to save this tape. Okay. All right. Make sure you got it saved. Bleep, bleep, and bleep. now that's gambling. There's going to be enough people around here at the Blaze and CRTV still gullible enough to give us a platform two years from now, right? But if nothing else, when they throw us out of here, make sure you take the tape of this segment with you. Okay. Because if I'm right, Even if, because I'll be, we'll all be banned from Facebook and Twitter by then, of course, okay? Even if I'm right, the dude code does allow me to completely own and brag about this if I called my shot this far in advance, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right? And so I'm going to take full advantage of that, especially if I'm unemployed. It it might be all I have left (laughs) at that point. All right? So I, I need to explain to you, though, why I think we already know. And to do that, I got to go back to one of these books over my shoulder here that I wrote in 2014 Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again, which was endorsed by Donald Trump. Well, it was, although the way it went down was, Trump told me to write the endorsement I wanted. I did. I sent it to Rona, his private secretary, and he okayed it, and that was the endorsement. So I actually wrote my own endorsement from Trump, which Trump then said was perfectly fine. Okay, I know you like that story, so I, I do. I do. I, 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 I tell it as as often as I can mix it in. All right, but in that book, I laid out a path, looking at the 2012 results. And the 2008 results, I laid out a path for how a Republican could win the White House in 2016. And there were three facets to it. Number one, they needed a higher turnout, not percentage. You're not going to do much better percentage-wise than what did Romney get, like 79% of white evangelicals or something. You're not going to do much better than that. And what I always tell you guys when it comes to elections, it's not about the slice of the pie, it's about the size of the pie. It's not about the percentage, it's about the turnout. Okay, Hillary Clinton still got an overwhelming percentage of black voters, but she didn't get the turnout, Barack Obama did. So, what would you rather have? 90%, if you're Hillary Clinton in the black vote, you have to turn out massively. Would you rather have 90% of a pie that say that big or 90% of a pie that say that big? What would you rather have? The big pie. The big pie, right. Okay, well, she got 90% of a pie this big. Obama got 90% of a pie that big. Amongst white evangelicals, Romney and McCain got 70% of a pie that big. Trump got 70% of a pie that big. What would you rather have? Big. The big one. Okay, so it's not about the percentages, it's about the turnout. And so since white evangelicals still remain the largest and most passionate voting block in the Republican Party, they need a mass turnout of that block. Not just the percentage, the number, the whole number. Number two, got to win middle class voters. Because since World War II, whoever has won middle class voters has won the presidential election with one exception. And that was the infamous Florida recount election. And Al Gore won middle-class voters by a couple of points and still lost. But to win middle-class voters, I pointed out in that book, the the reform growth talking points, the isn't corporatism cool, isn't going to turn out those voters. In every campaign I've worked on or advised, and keep in mind, if I'm working we're advising you. You're going to be some form of a committed cultural conservative. Otherwise, I'm not getting involved, okay? And you won't wouldn't want me involved if you're not anyway. <laughs> so our candidates, the candidates that I've helped recruit or worked with or for, they've always gotten more pushback because of the GOP being corporatist than the GOP being pro-life. It's not even close, by the way. Meaning the amount of doors they've knocked on where the voter was offended at them being pro-life compared to you don't like poor people, you don't like middle-class people, you're one of those fancy, fancy cat Republicans, it's not even close, guys. Like 10 million to one, okay? 10 million to one. So if you're going to win middle-class voters, you're not going to win them with, how big of a tax lien and incentive do you think we should give Amazon? You're not winning them with that. That doesn't work. Even though middle class people will get a lot of the jobs that come from that, that that doesn't work. Because the other side's going to be over here saying, they're going to take away your Medicare, they're going to take away your social security. So you aren't going to win that argument with them. You're going to need a more populist argument than what the GOP had ran on in the last two uh, cycles with uh, John McCain saying that, you know, shut down my campaign. John McCain was leading the polls right after Labor Day. The banking meltdown happens. He suspends his campaign and um, uh, signs up for the TARP and gets blown out of the election because he lost middle-class voters on the TARP. Middle-class voters hated the TARP. Scott Rasmussen, when he used to run Rasmussen polling, he does it now. It's a GOP shill firm. When Scott Rasmussen once told me that the, the most unpopular policy he's ever polled in his entire career was TARP. By far. It was the least popular thing. Why? Well, most Americans make less than $75,000 a year. And since that's most people who vote, I, I, I don't know why they'd be motivated to vote, vote on. I think Lehman Brothers is too big to fail. Know what I'm saying? I mean, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, um, when you're the Erzin family, Losing your health insurance at your previous job and joining a for a time, you guys was it Medishare or one of those healthcare? Co-ops? Yeah, it's a co-op op, should... basically. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about bailing out Bear Stearns? How
0: do you feel about that? Not big on it. No, yeah, it doesn't give you a warm fuzzy. Never.
1: That's not that's not your get out the vote. Does make you run to the polls that one?
0: No. In in fact, and I think this is often taken for granted. It's the kind of thing that people like me would where John McCain said, like, oh, you, "You'll bring down the whole system." We're kind of like kind of like to see what it looks like to bring down the system quite yeah, frankly Yeah, you
1: know, the system is why I that's the system is why I don't have a savings account right yeah. now and I use your damn system yeah you can take your system and shove it i'm fine if it if you, i'm fine if it bears if it blows up right that's yeah. kind of what you're thinking right uh and and you know every opportunity romney had to appeal to a middle class base he punted on whether it was sandwich. economic issues, wouldn't even eat a chicken sandwich. Right. We've talked about that. So you're going to need a more populist style of message. Okay. Conservative economic messaging doesn't sell. And the reason it doesn't sell is because Republicans aren't credible. It sold 20 years ago, balanced budgets. All that stuff sold twenty years ago, but people have given Republicans power so often now that they know basically all the Republicans are going to do is give the money to a different group of special interests than the Democrats will. That the reform and growth talking points of nineteen eighty nine don't play anymore. You have to. That's why. That's why Trump was never going to be damaged by. We need massive infrastructure programs because most people are used to Republicans spending if much the same, if not more money than Democrats. So they were actually anxious to hear a Republican say he was going to spend the money on them for a change rather than their Wall Street buddies.
2: Hey, that's a new approach. Pretty tough to have credibility with your base when you continue to fund Planned Parenthood, but don't have enough money to build a wall. So, yeah. And then there's that, yes.
1: The third thing I pointed out is they had to win. Todd, Catholic voters. Since Roe versus Wade, no Republican has won the White House without Catholic voters. And one of the things I'll go into in my next book that comes out in January, Truth Bombs, which, by the way, is available right now on Amazon. If you're looking for a Christmas gift, it comes out January the 15th. Pre-orders, you can pre-order it right now. Yes, this is a shameless plug, but that's how we all get paid around here is folks like you buying books, and hopefully I wrote one you think is worthy of reading. January 15th, it's due out. You can get your, you can get your pre-order right now at Amazon.com. All right? and, and I go in in that book because I, I had you edit it with me the whole way. I, I think I did a pretty thorough job of explaining why this is such a vital issue for Republicans with Catholic voters and what the history of the Catholic vote was before and since Roe v. Wade. Okay, but since Roe v. Wade, no Republican has won the White House without winning the Catholic vote. Now, what I wrote in my 2014 book, you guys have heard me say before, I'm not really an original thinker all that often. I, I, I just take a, what what people have already established as really good ideas and help hone them and message them in ways that might meet a new audience. That's kind of what I do right and i've used the analogy before it's like the commercials when todd and i were kids we don't make the products you buy, buy we make the products you buy better that's kind of what i'm good at i'm good at enhancing your message on something you originally thought of every now and then i'll have an original thought but most of the time my thinking is in line with how to make other people's original thoughts appeal to more people so this this um three-pronged approach To a Republican winning the White House in 2016 wasn't radical, and it wasn't revolutionary. All I did, now, you guys, wait for it. You ready for this? You guys, you sure you're ready for this? I'm going to blow your minds here, guys. You guys ready? Got it. Ready for your mind to be blown, Erzin? Always. Okay. Guys, here's what I did. I went back, and I looked at what the coalition of every successful Republican presidential candidate in the last generation was and suggested that for Republicans to win they needed to rebuild that coalition.
0: Huh? What do you think? Well, it's not New Coke, but it'll do. It's like my favorite GIF. The guy when he goes...
2: (laughs) Once more in Spanish, please.
1: Yes. <laughs> SMRT smart. As my kids used to say when they were little, and you got to get up pretty early to slip one past Mr. Dace. That's right, guys. How do you like that? My big idea was do what one before
2: So don't try to win in the way that you want to win. Do what if you're, actually uh, wins. Small p progress. No, yes, that
0: nailed it. The self doesn't want to do that, man. That's what I was talking about. I ain't about the before. best
2: color man in the business <laughs> for nothing, Bob.
0: <laughs> that was my point with sass, though. It's not really about. This is what you and you're you clearly have your mojo back. You mentioned this last week. The combination of how you're doing with your uh, your sports stuff and the fact that you got this uh, last election right. I mean, y- you are in the zone, but you're just about listen. This is. I'm just telling you one plus one equals two, that people hate one plus one equals know. two. They know. like their own. No, but this is how I'd like it, teacher. We're all
1: Gnostics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There ought to be some secret formula, some secret sauce. No, there's not.
0: There's there's not.
1: Um, Here's the problem, though. You touched on it. Oh, and and so, did, so did Aaron. They don't want to do this. There's a little bit, I love my coach, Jim Harbaugh. He's a great coach. It's better than 80 some odd percent of the coaches out there. And then there's just something that happens the third Saturday in November every year. Like what happens to your coach, Andy Reid? He's a great coach. It's better than 80%. But there's three weeks in January where something happens. And,
2: Winter is coming.
1: <laughs> See, Urban Meyer and Bill Belichick don't care. They're happy to beat you at 27-17, 45-42, because they're just happy to beat you. There's great coaches that will do whatever it takes to win, and it can look any way it has to look, provided we're the guy at the end that has one point ahead of you. That's all that matters to me. I think your guy, Paul Christ, is another one of these kind of guys. Okay, But then there's other guys that love to win, but they love to win a certain way. And it's not that they're not competitive, and it's not that they're not dumb. They're married to a paradigm. <clears throat> they're married to a process. And within that paradigm and process, you're, you're probably not going to beat them. But if you start making them color outside the lines and have to adjust, you get a pretty good shot. Now, the problem is most of the time they win because they can enforce their mojo on you. But then there's those 10 or 15% of games you have to win to be the champion when you're not able to enforce or impose your mojo on someone else because they hit back, and that's when they struggle because they don't have a counter. I don't, okay, I don't get to bully you. You punch back. Okay, well, that's, that, was my, that was what I had. I'm a bully. When I don't bully you, then I don't know what to, how to win. Nick Saban switched his defensive scheme twice. He's on his third different offense. He's got a new offensive coordinator pretty much every year. He's been there. He's only been there 11 years, and they're running a, they run in the, the third style of offense they've been running in the 11 years he's been there. And here's the thing. If anybody doesn't have to change, it's him, because he gets the best players every year. And even Saban's like, yeah. You know what I like even more winning my way? Win <laughs> it. Yeah, Nick Same was like, I like winning my way, but you know what's even better than winning my way? Win it. So I think, you know, and Kristen Harbaugh are good buddies, by the way. They've been friends for years. I just think they're out of the school of, I like winning my way. Other guys are just like, I just like winning. The Republican Party is in the school of we like winning our way. They want, they want to win, but they need to win their way. And their way is, we, we, get, we, we promise the least amount to our base so that we don't have to defend their talking points in the media that we don't really believe anyway. And then we don't owe them anything when we get elected. So that we don't end up doing something like Read my lips, no new taxes. Oh, I just did the biggest tax increase of all time, or fifty-one votes to to uh, get rid of Obamacare, and now we have total power, and we don't, because they know those things create backlashes. So they they want to win. Mitch McConnell would rather have the bigger office, but if if it requires getting outside of this box, it's not happening. Along comes a Trump. Trump just likes winning. He doesn't care what it looks like. If it looks like a blonde. If it's protected or unprotected sex with a porn star. If it looks like a brunette. um, If it looks like an heiress. If it looks like a tower. If it looks like a hotel. If it looks like a plane. If it looks like a golf course. I don't care what it looks like. If it looks like a bankruptcy because Atlantic City blew up on me, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Trump doesn't care. Trump likes winning. And as long as, it, I, if I can declare winning, um, giving the Saudis their way or dropping the hammer on them, there's no ideology there other than the ideology of Win. That is Nick Saban's ideology. That is Urban Meyer's ideology. That is Bill Belichick's ideology. I've got the greatest quarterback of all time, Bill Belichick says. In some weeks, I only want him to throw 15 times. Most coaches, even great ones, would say, why would you not have Tom Brady throw 40 times? But you would feel like you're limiting yourself, not letting him hurl it. But Belichick's like, I, I like winning. And right now, we need to win this game 13-10. to 10, So Brady's going to throw 16 times. So Next week I might need him to throw 50 times And if I do he will See that's how Trump rolls Trump just wants to win He's ruthless in the outcome Not in the process The Republicans Their ruthlessness Is not in the outcome But the process And this is why They did everything they could To nominate Mitt McCain In the 08 and 12 cycles To have control of the process. One of the smartest things I've ever... I wish I could remember who wrote this. But There was a conservative writer who wrote in 2012. One of the smartest things I've ever seen anybody write in my career. He said the Republican Party would rather lose elections to Democrats than lose control of the process to conservatives. Yep. Holy buckets. Is that... That, that's on a, that ought to be on a stone tablet from Mount Sinai. That's so good. That is the Republican Party. And that is why they fight you and I harder in primaries than they
2: fight them. And that's why there's entire organizations like uh, natural, uh, National Right to Life who are completely designed just to lie to you yes. about their politicians yep. so that when they, need the, when they need your vote, they can rattle the zipper and get you to come to the polls.
1: Yes. See, they don't hate Trump. Oh, they find him deplorable and distasteful. But he's written a lot of them big checks, too. You know who they really hate? You, his base. And they can't stand the fact that he messages to you to get what he wants. Because one of the other smartest things I've ever heard in politics, this came from Daniel Horowitz, our friend at Conservative Review. And he once told me that Democrats inspire their base to get what they want. Republicans conspire against their base to get what they want. That's cash money, homie. I'll preach right there. All right. So you need to know this because the Republicans weren't willing. John, you know, we just talked about Ben Sass last hour. That's the campaign John McCain ran. He was more interested in making sure you did not, that you were, you needed to know you were a racist if you used Barack Obama's middle name when addressing him. You were a racist. Then he was in actually pointing out Barack Obama was mentored for 20 years by a guy who was an actual racist. <laughs> I mean, that's the point. Millions of people line up at every Chick-fil-A in the Western Hemisphere. And probably a lot of them actually are totally fine with gay marriage. They just didn't like the principle that we shut people's businesses down if we don't agree with their moral values. Mitt Romney is silent all day long instead of handing out voter registration cards. And when Politico runs to him that day and says, what's your view of this huge backlash? That's not a part of my campaign. But let me tell you about reform and growth. And that's why I lost then the Romney campaign assembled this massive voter fraud detection bureaucracy called ORCA, and it was it was sta- millions were spent, and they were going to go after voter fraud and make sure that they didn't ha- that didn't happen to them, and it just sat there dormant on election day, did nothing. But Reince Priebus at the RNC, a couple days after the election, did send out a press release bragging that the Republican Party still had millions of dollars left in the bank from an election they lost. Like, imagine your team the day after the Super Bowl, the head coach comes out and says, guys, we've got a really clean injury report right now. Why the hell do you care? You just lost the Super Bowl. You don't care who's hurt. There's not another game for nine months. Who cares how much money you have in the bank from an election you lost? Who brags about that? So all you told me was, you just left a bunch of bullets in the chamber. This wasn't revolutionary. It just required a candidate who was willing to do this. Trump was willing to do this. And here's, here's, you want your mind really blown? If any of the other 16 candidates that formally announced in 2016 had won the nomination, any of them, they would have needed the exact same coalition too. Trump won the same way any of them were going to win. See, because there's a big fallacy right now you're being fed, and I think most of you probably believe. And I'm going to blow this fallacy up when we come back. So the vast majority of folks that are watching or listening to us live on The Blaze right now are going to be watching us today on demand at CRTV or listening via podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, et cetera. The vast majority of all of you, no matter how you're accessing our show today, uh, the biggest investment that you're going to make in your lives is your home. Maybe with the possible exception of a life insurance plan, which... In the event it kicks in, you won't, of course, be able to take advantage of. So it would seem to make sense now that all of our home titles are online and more easily accessible to predators, that this would be the new criminal trend. And, and these are people, you know, when they're looking to thieve your home title, it's not because they're charitable and they're going to pay your mortgage for you. Uh, it's because they're going to liquidate the equity, which is the real value. And then when you go to get that HELOC, uh, when you go to get that second or third mortgage, you go to sell your home and that equity is gone, surprise, it's because of this new trend sweeping the criminal underworld, guys, it's called home title fraud. Now, if you've got an identity uh, fraud company that looks after uh, somebody trying to thieve your identity— Home title doesn't apply. That's why you want to take a look at home title lock. For pennies a day, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect any sinister activity at all, they're on it to help shut it down. And let me tell you who's really vulnerable here. If you've got uh, retirees, or you're one, maybe. But if you're listening to us right now, chances are you're somewhat technically Uh, savvy but you know a lot of us it's funny when the new video game systems come out it's odd suddenly my son who's 12 who's going to be 12 in february like instantly is, is better at all this stuff than I am. It just happens as we get older, we don't adjust to the new technology as much as the younger generations do. So retirees, because their homes tend to be of more value and have more equity, they're usually paid way down, if not completely off, are especially vulnerable here. You want to take a look at home title lock because your home might already be vulnerable. You can right now get a free title scan and report if you sign up today at hometitlelock.com. That's home HomeTitleLock.com. All right. Back to why I think I already know what's going to happen in 2020. But first, we had to figure out why what happened in 2016 happened in 2016. But Steve, you might say, I thought Trump won 2016 because he got all these new blue-collar crossover voters in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin. That helped him win in 2016. But see, there's a, there's a fallacy out there, and it's being peddled by people who don't want to listen to what the American people said. You know, the reason I kept telling Todd I was not going to make any projections this year is – and do you remember what I said all along? I, I'm not sure if my model is broken or if I've just, I just read the electorate wrong, and I'm going to let them tell me what I should think, right? I was going to let them, the electorate tell me whether they've changed or not. They haven't changed. See, the reason I can't speak for why Nate Silver was wrong or the New York Times Upshot was wrong, I can speak for why I was wrong. I was wrong because I bought into this fallacy that Trump was the paradigm change. No, he wasn't. And the reason I bought into it is because he violated all these norms, you know, groping comments, that one Mexican judge, you know... uh, we, I thought that, mocking a disabled reporter, I thought because he had violated all these norms, the, that the metric had changed. No, it didn't. didn't make Hillary Clinton any more popular or any, or any more liked. He didn't change anything. He reset the board as it was. Oh, but he was not the, the paradigm shift. It's just most of the analysts work in the mainstream or legacy or liberal media, and so they don't see it. Because they're kvetching about Trump all day. And they like Obama personally or his politics or both. So they don't want to see it. But here's the thing we've learned, okay? This is the most important thing I'm going to say in this hour. Donald Trump was not the paradigm shift. Barack Obama was. Donald Trump was not the paradigm shift. Barack Obama was. Barack Obama won Indiana, something a Democrat had not done pre-Eisenhower. He won North Carolina, something a Democrat had not done pre-Eisenhower. He turned Virginia into a swing state, something that hadn't happened since Reconstruction. He was the paradigm shift. Yes, he won the traditional... We now believe, why do we now think Virginia, Ohio, and Florida are the three big swing states? We didn't believe that in 2000 when we had the Florida recount. We had two big swing states. Now, there were other secondary swing states, Nevada, Colorado. But before Aaron became of age, what were we always told were the two big swing states, Todd? Florida and Ohio. Now it's three. Florida, Ohio, and Virginia. It wasn't always three. It became three. Obama turned Virginia into a swing state. It'd been a fairly reliable Republican state almost all of our lives until Obama. It's just the guys in legacy media want to believe that the world as they see it is the world. And so they don't want to believe Obama is outside of the mainstream of most of America. But he was. Trump just put the board back to where it was before. If Trump had not reclaimed North Carolina, Ohio, and Florida, he could have still won Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, still would have lost the election. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan don't matter if Trump doesn't win North Carolina, Florida, and Ohio. In other words, Trump won the same way Anybody else the Republicans were going to nominate had to run. Something you've heard me say already on this show. And you're going to hear me say it a lot between now and Election Day 2020. Because the frosting of the cake tastes different doesn't mean the cake has changed. If I buy a cake mix and it's chocolate... And I put caramel frosting on the cake. Is it a caramel cake, Todd? No. No. What kind of cake is it? Chocolate. It's still a chocolate cake. And the essence of the cake is not any different. Trump didn't change anything. That's the lie. Obama did. Trump won the same way any other Republican was going to have to win. Higher turnout of white evangelicals, win Catholics, win middle class voters, bring North Carolina, Florida, and Ohio back into the fold. Now, that wouldn't have gotten him to 270, but we would have had the same conversation that he's got to pick off a Colorado, a Pennsylvania. He's got to pick off somewhere else, right? But if he doesn't do that, it's a little bit like it doesn't matter how you play in the Final Four if you don't win your regional. Got to get out of the first and second weekend first. Remember when you guys beat Kentucky. Yes, They were undefeated. Were they the greatest team ever? Were they, gonna be, were they better than the 76 Indiana Hoosiers, right? Uh, here's the problem. You got to actually get to the championship game first. If you don't beat those plucky Badgers, none of this matters for three months, right? That's what I'm talking about. Trump won the same way any other Republican nominated was going to have to win. He's not the paradigm shift Obama was. Obama was the one that altered the map, not Trump. We even saw this play out in 2018. Remember, I started to say the last few months of the election, I'm not going to go on the record, I'm going to keep my word, but I'm starting to sense that we're going to sit here the day after the election and we to get the same results we should have predicted January 1. Democrats will win the House because there's too many retirements in districts that Hillary won and Republicans are going to hold on, if not gain a seat or three in the Senate because there's too many states With open contest in states, Trump won, right? We talked a lot about that the last few months. We got up the next day after the election, and what did we see? Exactly that. Don't believe anybody telling you the map has changed. Trump has changed the game. He didn't do any of that. Donald Trump won the same way any other Republican was going to have to win. Trump's personality, the frosting on the cake, is different. And if you put a strong frosting on something... It might cause people who might otherwise like your cake not to try it. Okay? That's true. I could argue that smooth out some rough edges, Trump would have won far more convincingly. He left votes on the table. He should have won by more. We could make that argument. But the cake doesn't change. Still the same cake. The American electorate is the cake. They haven't changed. The candidates are the frosting. That's what changes. So here's what's going to happen in 2020. Unless Bob Mueller comes back with, I have the Zapruder film of of, um, Vladimir Putin injecting heroin into Donald Trump's veins. Or there's something none of us would want, like another 9-11, okay? Barring one of those two kinds of events, here's what's going to happen on election day 2020. Pardon me. If the Democrats nominate... A likable, inspirational figure, you know, with with a thin political record. A nom- likable, inspirational figure with a thin political record. Does that remind you of anybody you can think of? Obama's uh, going to change Obama. it. Yeah. They nominate somebody like that. A likable, inspirational candidate. Why a thin political record? Because Trump will not shy away from the culture war issues that the McCains and Romneys didn't want to touch with a 97,000-foot pole. Trump's looking for culture war issues, guys. He's looking for them. Why? Because Romney and McCain wanted to be president. You don't get to where Romney and McCain did in life if you're not competitive. But they're my Jim Harbaugh. They want to win in this box. Trump wants to win every box. Doesn't matter what the doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a box. He's fine if it's a hex, hexagon, octagon, rectangle, schmangel, schmedium. He doesn't care. As long as he's the one at the end with the finger in the air, like Joe Namath running off the field in Super Bowl three. <clears throat> That's all he cares about. And if winning the White House requires him to culture war the poop out of Elizabeth Warren, I can promise you he's going to trademark focahontas.com and have it directed to her official campaign website, guys. I can promise you. Where Mitt Romney would stand up and say on Fox to Chris Wallace on a Sunday, yeah, I'm really disappointed that Rush Limbaugh uses those focahontas jokes and uh, we just ought to be above that. Tell me I'm wrong. No, he'll do whatever it takes to win. He needs material, though, because he's not likable on his own, because the frosting is strong. Trump is like a chocolate cake with, like, a Limburger cheese frosting on it, okay? It's an acquired taste, all right? It's still a chocolate cake. That frosting, though, you're like, I can only take a little bit of that. So he needs a foil, he needs you to be able to say, better than Hillary, better than Focahontas, better than Kamala Harris, better than Spartacus. He needs that. Better than little, little Marco, better than Lion Ted, better than low energy Jeb. That's what Trump needs. But hand, now hand him an inspirational, likable candidate who begins with way high positives and favorables so they never have to get in the mud with Trump. I think they will win. Regardless of what the economy is, the price of gas is, what the job rate is. If the Democrats nominate a likable, inspirational candidate, give me some names. I'll give you some. Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, a progressive progressive figure in corporate America who's not anti-capitalist, a Jeff Bezos, Bob Unger, Mark Cuban, something like that. I think they'll win. If they nominate one of these elected officials who has a record, especially ones who are on the record on the Brett Kavanaugh thing, like Kamala Harris, Spartacus, they're gonna lose. Because Donald Trump's gonna do them like he did the NFL. And but he's gonna do worse. He's gonna do like with the church what the church did to John Wycliffe. Like he's gonna he's gonna burn them at the stake and then dig up the the, the remains. And light him on fire again, like right before Election Day.
2: Okay? And toss him into the river. And Swiss. then toss
1: him into the river. Yeah. Okay? I mean, <clears throat> he needs that. He wants—that's why John Kasich running is the perfect foil for him. It's going to let <laughs> Trump—while the, while the Republicans are out here caving on everything in Congress, he's going to be out here running hard right up against John Kasich's fake virtue-signaling, pearl-clutching Republican, Republicanism everybody hates— who's a figure almost nobody likes anymore either. Perfect foil for him. John Kasich is going to drive his favorables up. If I didn't know any better, I think John Kasich was a double agent here because this is the perfect remedy. Give Trump a foil for the next four months while the Democrats over here ripping each other's lungs out. No, I hate the Christians more. No, I hate white males more than you do. I promise you, no one hates white men more than me. I promise you. Burn down the church while they're all doing that for the next six months. Trump's going to be over here clubbing John Kasich like little baby seals on the National <laughs> Geographic channel in those Greenpeace propaganda, propaganda films. Perfect, perfect strategy. They need, an, they need someone who's a political outsider, who's likable, inspirational, with very thin political credentials to attack. Anybody who has a certifiable record, particularly being on the record in the Brett Kavanaugh thing of, yeah, I do think the guy was a gang rapist. What day was that again in 1982 when that happened? And that, those guys, he's going to fry them. And it's going to help him? Those, because those kinds of candidates will help Trump message to white evangelicals, Catholics that like Todd goes to, goes to mass with who'd love an excuse to vote Democrat. They'd lo- How many of the people in your parish would love that excuse? Oh, many. But the problem is when things like Brett Kavanaugh happen or peddling baby parts, suddenly they're like, man, I can't, I can't show up to mass. That's what happens. Yeah. He's going to draw the... He's, that's why Trump, the number one constituency group according to the, where the polls were before election day and on election day. Do you know who Trump overperformed with more than anybody else? Catholics. He was losing them in every poll the whole year. He won them by nine on election day. And then middle-class voters, they don't care about the culture war issues by and large. They don't, most of them don't feel real welcome where I go to church or at the Cal Berkeley faculty meeting. They just want to know, is my house going to be worth more next year? And will I have a job? He's going to win those voters again against those kinds of candidates. But against an Oprah? Against a Michelle Obama, a Bezos, a Cuban, somebody we can project our hopes yeah. and 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 worldly desires upon, he will be in trouble against that kind of candidate. Now mark the tape, and we'll look at this again two years from now. Gentlemen, your final thoughts on that?
2: Do it's just favorability ratings? Is that what we're using to? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I I don't I don't. That's what happened with Barack Obama. I mean, there are so I I. I remember coming into, uh, I was still in a high school when, when he was elected, and I remember coming in to uh, do orchestra or something. And, and some of the, a few of the people who had turned 18 but were still in high school uh, were relaying their votes for Barack Obama and, um, and describing why they just, I just feel good. And, you know, it, you're absolutely right somebody who people can just project because that's the aside from binary choice idolatry that's basically what we do uh, nowadays that's the second biggest idolatry just self projection and you know just projecting whatever makes you feel good that's that's going to be uh, the Achilles heel for anybody who the Republicans nominate if the Democrats can put up somebody like that
0: you know it was just late last week when I was talking about uh, Barack Obama and, and and when he was stammering, through that speech he gave uh, and it ended with him, who did he throw under the bus? Um, Mama?
1: Yeah. Uh, Mom, yeah, mommy issues. Yes, mommy Racists. issues. Racists. Yeah. But, you
0: know, he was just kind of searching. He's not some great linguist. He's not, I, 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 and this all makes uh, Steve's point. While he was the paradigm shift, it's not because he was that unique. He just gave total depravity the package it was safe to jump into no. at the moment. I mean, there's still warning signs all it, it, this is Romans one stuff. I mean, you're made to know. You you it's all around you. You you can see right, you can see wrong and Barack Obama suddenly gave more people a chance to jump in the fool the pool, the fool. There there's some <laughs> truth for you. <laughs> that the is pool. the Freudian yeah. slip of yes. the year. Yeah. But they it felt good to jump into Barack Obama. And that's the point you're making. If it feels Donald Trump did not neg- in any way eliminate that or negate it, he just kind of put a time out on it.
1: Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Until tomorrow, John 317.